0: The transfers continue to come in to Tempe, Arizona for the Arizona State Sun Devils, both football and basketball. And we talk about Emory Jones' immediate fit with the offense and what it's going to look like in 2022 for a Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, which includes YouTube. If you would like to check us out on an audio or, excuse me, a visual platform, But you can also check us out on an audio platform wherever you get your podcast. Monday through Friday, it's the best Sun Devils content in the whole world. Call me biased if you want. Make sure if you're on Twitter to give me a follow at RichiePrats36. Follow the podcast while you're on there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Guys, it was an eventful week for the Arizona State Sun Devils over, over, over the last few days. We had quarterback Emery Jones officially decide to come to Tempe, Arizona and essentially all but become the face of the arizona state sun devils offense now he should be the starting quarterback there shouldn't really be any debate for that now it was brought to my attention that number one friend of the podcast donnie Druin, mentioned to me that emory actually has two years of eligibility remaining so he's not just a quarterback for 2022 he could be the quarterback for 2023 as well so there's a little bit more stability there it's not it's not a patchwork like last second fix for the team if Emery comes out and balls and arizona state finds themselves in an eight or nine win season but it's not quite good enough for him to go to the pros then i mean he could come back for 2023 so a little bit of good news there. A little bit of leeway and interesting situation for Paul Tyson and Trenton Borgay, the latter of whom I feel like we should expect to transfer at this point, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But in the meantime, I want to talk about Emory Jones immediate fit with the offense. What's it going to look like? You know, how do how does he immediately impact what the Sun Devils like to do? Is he a good fit this, that, and the other? Well, the good news is he is a very Good fit for what the Sun Devils want to do offensively. He is a solid passer, nothing that's going to blow you away, but that's all right because ASU has not been a pass-heavy team in a long, long time. But what he does do very well is run. Great fit because ASU loves to run the football, especially with their quarterbacks. Again, you just you talk about the last 10 plus years. There's really only been one year where you didn't have mobile quarterback play with Mike Bercovici in 2015. And even then, he he still racked up, I think, six rushing touchdowns, something like that. Like, you have always had some kind of consistency from mobile quarterbacks for Arizona State, and Emory Jones fits that mold very, very well. Remember, Jones rushed for 759 yards last year, and he, he managed to do this um, while racking up 5.3 yards per carry. He also, for what it's worth, was the leading scorer, or not scorer, uh, the leading rusher for the Florida Gators. So, I mean, he's completely capable of being that kind of weapon for Arizona State's offense, especially in a, in a season, off season, excuse me, where they're, they're losing their top two leading rushers uh, running back-wise from a year ago in Rashad White to the NFL and Zumonte Chip Trianum to tr- the transfer portal to the Ohio State Buckeyes to become a linebacker of all things. So there's there definitely was a need, plus obviously Jane Daniels transferred. So essentially you lost your top three rushers from last year. And Emory Jones is going to come in and he's going to replicate what Jane Daniels was able to give you. He's a, he's a safer, potentially more explosive kind of player and continues that mold of a dynamic mobile quarterback that ASU covets so much. So there is a really good chance that this offense doesn't take as big a step back as we were initially anticipating when you lost Jaden Daniels and you lost Rashad White and you lost uh, Chip Trianum and now you lost Ricky Pearsall and Johnny Wilson, potentially LV Bunkley Shelton, Curtis Hodges. like you You were losing pretty much everything offensively. And it was looking like it was going to be a year where Arizona State was going to finish at or near the bottom of the Pac-12 in offensive ranking. But that might not be the case anymore, depending on how quickly Emory Jones adjusts to the offense. And the good news is that this offense on the surface is tailored for him. So we're, we're hoping that this will be the case, right? We're hoping that Emory can immediately come in and we'll pick up right where we left off even without our top two running backs and our top quarterback from a year ago is that Emory can replace what you had with Jake Daniels. And you're just at this point looking for your running backs to step up. So Zazavian Valadie, the kid coming in from Wyoming, you're hoping that he can take that Rashad White role as essentially like your team's number one runner with some receiving upside who can find his way into the end zone. And then with Daniel Legata, a guy I'm very big on, you're hoping that he can take that chip-trandom role as kind of that uh, 1A, 1B, 1-2 uh, punch with Zazavian, and that the two of them can create a very good uh, three, three-headed monster combining with Emery Jones in the run game to help sustain drives for Arizona State, chew up the clock, and make life a lot easier for the rest of the team. It can set up the deep passing game. It can set up the intermediate passing game. It can allow the defense to get more rested. It helps you take time off the clock. And if you're putting up points, that'll force defenses into throwing it. The bad news is obviously the secondary needs a lot of work. The good news is we got a good pass rush. But neither here nor there. Focusing more on the offense, you're hoping that Emery Jones can help pretty much replace what Jaden gave you a year ago. So that's that's the hope, that's the prayer that you're going to get right now as my dog loves to squeak her toy while i'm trying to record very sorry about that she is cute as a button though so i can't be too mad at her and it is a new toy that i bought her so i guess that's kind of my fault but again like you're you're hoping that emory can can provide you with that same kind of upside that he had at florida where he was a solid passer and a very good runner you're hoping that he can do do that with the sun Devils is essentially just kind of pick up where we left off for what Jaden was providing you. So how does he fit in the offense? I mean, depending on what offense they want to run, he fits in immediately. He fits in exactly what they're looking for. So, and and that in lies the most intriguing part here, is new offensive coordinator Glenn Thomas and offensive analyst Brian Billick have kind of hinted at wanting to go to a pro-style offense, which does that necessarily mean that the mobile quarterback won't work. No, not at all. In fact, you see modern NFL offenses, but pro style offenses that are run with mobile quarterbacks or guys who can move around like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. But what I'm curious about is how far away you're going to get from some RPOs, some read options and designed quarterback running plays that we were running a year ago with Jane Daniels and previously. So, that's going to be the intriguing question that we're all going to be wondering for the remainder of the off season heading into the year is we can, I feel like we can safely presume that Emory Jones is going to be the starting quarterback for Arizona state. The biggest question now is what's the offense going to look like at, at least from a coaching standpoint, from what we can anticipate. I feel like we can safely assume that it's going to be, it's going to be as smooth a transition as possible going from Jaden to Emery. I truly think that like you could not have replaced Jaden with a better option. And I think that we should be happy with what we are possibly getting here. So if the offensive scheme does not change very much, I feel like the offense isn't going to change that much. You weren't this dominant passing attack from last year. I mean, your leading receiver had 580 yards. Now, unfortunately, that guy is gone. But that's essentially what you're looking at is not much in the passing game, but that's okay because you weren't this dominant passing passing unit from a year ago. But you are looking to, to recreate what you had in the ground game, which isn't going to be easy. Losing an NFL talent, Rashad White, And another rock-solid player in Chip Trianim is going to be difficult. Don't let anyone try and tell you otherwise. But at least Emery can help ease that transition a little bit. And at least you have good running backs left over. Zazavian is a proven guy. Daniel Langata showed some really, really nice upside for the Sun Devils. And then you have uh, incoming guy, Tevin White. Remember, you had the, the spring practice standout, Deontay Elliott. So at least there are options in the run game and at least you have a mobile quarterback. So if that's the direction you want to continue to pun intended run with, then at least you have that much figured out with that being said, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the first segment. When we return, we're going to continue talking Arizona state transfers this time, some reinforcements coming at the wide receiver position. Who is it? We'll talk about that in just a moment. This is the locked on Sun Devils Podcast. Summer is coming guys and with summer you're going to need some food on the go. Built bars are the perfect snack to take with you on those family vacations. With Built Bar, you can have both. You can have delicious food without sacrificing the the ultimate healthiness of it. It's easy. All you have to do is go to built.com and order right now. All Built Bars and puffs, a fan favorite, are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. If you haven't had those puffs, we're absolutely going crazy about them. They have some cr- some crazy good flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. If that's not enough for you, then you might want to try the mix Box. The mix Box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar makes sure that there's something for everyone. Most Built Bars, if you go to the macros chart, Contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compared to a candy bar, which is around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com right now to get all your favorites. From banana cream pie to raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Levels your first listen every day. Remember that we are free and available on all platforms. Now, we talked about one transfer coming in. We got to talk about another transfer coming into the program, this time in the form of wide receiver Cam Johnson. Now, Cam Johnson has played... uh, his four seasons of college ball, he is a graduate transfer uh, with the Vanderbilt Commodores from the SEC, for what it's worth. Now, I mean, with no offense of Vanderbilt, calling them SEC is, you know, kind kind of like calling you of A a Pac-12 team, but neither here nor there, right? So either way, besides the point, I just, any shot I can take. But anyways, Cam Johnson, a wide receiver coming from Vanderbilt, is a well-established guy he's coming into the program with 124 receptions in four seasons now unfortunately he is like right at that 10 yards of catch mark including this past year where he was at 9.6 yards per reception he he only has 10 touchdowns to his name he's never really been a focal point in the offense looking back at his 2020 season though He was one of the leading receivers for the Commodores. He caught 56 passes for 545 yards and three touchdowns. Now, again, that's under 10 yards of catch. It's 9.7. But he was kind of like this dump-off option and like a safety valve for the offense that they were going to. It actually was good enough to the point where, as he was heading into the 2021 season, that he was talked about as a, excuse me, as a, Uh, like a like a preseason sec player for for like an all-time team so there there was definitely some conversation that he could have exceeded the circumstances that he was in and really put himself in conversation for one of the best wide receivers in the sec now that would be very impressive considering the amount of talent that's in there but to be noted like that i mean that that's cool. You know, we're looking forward to something like that. So what is he going to bring to Arizona state? He's going to bring a veteran presence that this wide receiver court does not have right now. So I would imagine that him and Brian Thompson, both of whom are in their graduate senior season. Although I think Thompson's in like a super graduate COVID-19 extra, extra year of eligibility. But I mean, you got two guys who are established guys, uh, know what they're doing, can lead a very young locker room because I mean Chad Johnson Jr. is going into his junior season, but it's it's not like he's had a lot of opportunity prior. Andre Johnson going into his sophomore year, Elijah Badger, young guy as well. So having another veteran presence, especially with the loss of Ricky Pearsall, is a really, really good thing for the Sun Devils offense. So I'm excited about Cam Johnson's addition. I feel like he could possibly be like an immediate kind of guy, like an immediate impact. What I'm curious about is how quickly could he become the number one option for Arizona state because he was the number one option for Vanderbilt. You know, there's, there's that potential there for him to be the, the de facto guy for Arizona state as they're trying to figure out what to do with their passing offense. There's a lot of unknowns and uncertainty there. So I feel like he could see the field sooner rather than later. And I feel like he could see a very high volume of snaps and opportunities for the Sun Devils. So that's kind of where I'm sitting with it is it's a good pickup. You needed more depth at this position. And I feel like he could possibly be a really solid addition for you. Now, obviously set the expectations low because we were thinking that last offseason with Brian Thompson and he he caught like 12 passes or something like that. So set the bar low and allow him to exceed your expectations. I'm not going to say my expect to be disappointed and you won't be disappointed because that's not fair to this kid. This kid has proven that he has value on the football field as a safety valve. That's what Arizona state needs with Ricky Pierce being young. So go into this very optimistic. And just understand that it's, it's going to be a very difficult situation for anyone to transfer into and give him some grace. I feel like he could end up being a really good addition for this team, but we can't expect him to be a thousand yard receiver. We can't expect him to be transfers like Brandon Ayuk or Devin Lucian. We We can't expect that out of these guys. That's not fair, especially with the turnover this team has had. And a quarterback that's unfamiliar with the offense so we'll see but i i truly am excited i feel like this could be a fun little fit for arizona state that's going to wrap up our second segment here we're going to hop into our last break and when we return we got one more transfer to talk about this time on the basketball court side of things we'll talk about him in just a moment on the Locked on sundown's podcast betonline.net is still your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and <laughs> league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball, and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, guys, and we're back for the third and final segment of this Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We've been talking lots of football lately. We are going to go ahead and flip it back to the basketball side of things as Frankie Collins, former Michigan State Wolverine, has transferred to Arizona State. Now, Collins is a guard, a smaller guy at that, at 6'1", 185, and really does not have very much experience whatsoever. Uh, this past year for Michigan, he was averaging 11 minutes a game, only 2.8 points, and was a very, very weak free throw shooter, shooting just uh, 44.1% from the line. So, I, I'm not, I'm not blown away by this, but I'm certainly not upset by it. I'm very happy about it because it's more depth, and again, this is. This is a position that you're needing to restock the cupboards with because Marion Jackson is gone and Jay Heath transferred and Jalen Graham is gone and Kamani Lawrence, who I know is not a guard, is gone. But you're undergoing a lot of change this offseason. And I love that Arizona State has been so aggressive in the transfer portal the way that they have been, bringing in the Cambridge brothers, bringing in Warren Washington. Now Frankie Collins is coming in. So I like that Arizona State has been very progressive and aggressive in adding these guys to their roster to ensure that their their cut board is stocked and they're ready to go so very happy about that i think that i i I think that arizona state's doing the smart thing right now as their basketball program you know stop me if you've heard this before it's going through a transitional stage tail as old as time for their basketball program right now and they're still having to find an identity Now, Marcus Bagley and DJ Horn and Nina Vache are coming back. But what they've done a really good job of, I feel, is making sure that there's a lot of depth on this bench and a lot of guys that you can shuffle in throughout the lineup. Frankie Collins is just another piece of that. The, The other thing that you have to be really excited about is he is going into just his sophomore season. So this is a guy who could be with you for the next three years, maybe even four, depending on, on the eligibility thing i'm not sure if he's a if he's a redshirt freshman this year or not but ultimately you're getting you're getting a guy that you could develop into a into into a full-time starter for your team you know this this could be a massive blessing in the skies for excuse me for for the arizona state sun Devils basketball team is sure the guy is you know anything but proven shooting under 50% on your free throws is already a big red flag playing 11 minutes and scoring less than three points a game. Also not ideal, but let's also keep in, keep into account that Michigan has put together a very, very, very good basketball program over the last however many years. So Collins not necessarily getting those opportunities shouldn't be too much of a surprise because of how deep and how talented the Michigan Wolverines basketball program has been over the year. Now, he is a former four-star four star recruit and was a consent, consensus top 50 recruit in the 2021 class, but hasn't had that opportunity. So if he can get back to what made him such a highly touted recruit, that would be huge for Arizona State. But again, just like what I was saying previously for Cam Johnson, just set the expectations low. Let him blow you away. Let him be the one who shows off his worth and his talent and the reason why he was You know somebody that everybody was looking to to recruit and out of their program going to michigan is a big deal it's not like this kid is transferring from you know like north dakota attack a m some something super duper small like that this this is a guy who was highly touted highly recruited and just didn't get that opportunity he's coming to arizona state and be optimistic about it don't sit there going into it thinking that He's going to be what Marion Jackson was, but at least go into it optimistically and hoping that he can take that next step in his career. But that is going to go ahead and wrap up a Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, which includes YouTube, if you would like to check us out on a visual platform. But wherever you get your podcasts, you can can see us Monday through Friday, the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. Free and available, but football, basketball, and otherwise, it's the best. I'm totally biased. Go ahead, make sure you follow us on Twitter as well. You can find me at Brad's 36 and you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, go ahead and make your second listen Locked on Pac-12. Get all your daily Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less with Pac-12 expert Spencer McLaughlin. Just like the Locked on Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here unlocked on some of